Amen. Okay, so tonight, uh, last week I preached on from Lot, when, what did I preach on? Does anyone remember? Got your notes there? When loss is gain, from loss to gain. So tonight I want to flip the coin over and say, when gain is loss, okay? So I want to preach about the opposite side of the coin, when gain becomes loss. Or you could say from being in a good position to a bad position, a good place to a bad place. And we'll look at a few um, biblical um, examples here. You know, winning's not always the best thing. You can win an argument and lose a good friend. Mm. Yeah, you can. You can win in situations and lose badly in other areas. You know, sometimes winning is everything and you lose sight of the things that are important and the people that are important and you can lose everything. So I want to look at a few um, examples tonight. There's different reasons that people have this kind of fall from grace or fall from a special place or a place of favour or um, significance. And uh, there's many reasons for it, for these failures. It can be um, bad decisions. It can be ignorance. It can be arrogance. It can be um, lack of information. It can be direct defiance. You know, just I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And uh, so we're going to have a look at a few of these examples out of the Bible from people who started being up and ended up very down. And uh, they had positions of, you know, favour. They had high positions. They had advantage. They had blessings. They had the calling of God. They had all these things that seemed so uh, positive and so significant. And you would have thought that they would have held on to it and retained it. But uh, they didn't. They lost it. And the first one I want to go to, the reason why these things happen is because of the first... The first one who actually lost his position, and that was Lucifer, who <laughs> started it all. So this is how he was described. Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, Ezekiel 28, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty, you and Eden, the garden of God, and every precious stone was your covering. And so, you know, they say that Lucifer was like the, the covering angel or the leader of the worship in heaven. And it says he was full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. And he was glorious, obviously. Every precious stone was his covering. So he was bright and full of glory because of he was reflecting the glory of God as he worshipped him. But it says here, you were the anointed cherub who covers... And God said, I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. So for all these amazing things that have been said, from that amazing position, from that place, it says, until iniquity was found in you. He forgot that he was a created being. He forgot. And then, what was the result? What was the outcome from that high place? 
How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. For you have said in your heart, and I brought this down, he said, five I wills. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. There was other things that he said, but these are the two significant things. I will ascend and I will be like God. Yet you shall be brought down. The result is this. You shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. And that is his ultimate destiny. From the high place in heaven to the lowest depths of the pit. You can't fall any further than that. You can't fall any further than that. And of course, in part of the fall, he fell to the earth. He was cast out of heaven. Took a third of the angels with him. Was cast down to the earth. And then, in the form of a serpent, he carried on with his deception. It said, the serpent said to the woman, you'll not surely die, because God said, don't touch that one tree. Don't touch that one tree. And the devil, in the form of serpent, said to her, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so he's pitching this to Eve. God spoke the word directly to Adam. So Eve is going on second-hand information. She knew what she shouldn't be doing. But God spoke directly to Adam. And now the enemy is planting the seed of doubt. And he said, no, no, you'll be okay. In fact, you'll be better than okay. Your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. That's what he wanted. Not to be like God, but higher than God. So he's playing God here and sowing into her. But it's a lie. He said, you will know good and evil. So, of course, they ate. And it says, then the eyes of both of them were open. And they knew they were naked. And they sewed the fig leaves together and made themselves covering. So they tried to cover up. Their eyes were open, just like he said. And they did no good and evil. But they realized that God was good. And now evil had entered in because of what they'd done. They said, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. And then, of course, God says, Adam, where are you? He said, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So from this wonderful place of walking with God and at peace in the presence of God, suddenly they're trying to cover up. They're hiding themselves. He's saying, I'm full of fear. This is where fear enters in. When sin entered in, fear entered in. They tried to hide from God. They fell from this wonderful place of relationship and fellowship into the hiding and fear and, you know, afraid of God in the worst kind of way. So this is what a lot of people are right now. They're trying to cover themselves. They hide themselves from God. And, of course, from this fall, not only did they... Um, hide not only did they try to cover themselves not only were they afraid not only did they block off God from their lives basically it says that they were banished from this wonderful place they were banished 
and he left a legacy. <laughs> you know, people want to leave a legacy. You don't want to leave a legacy like Adam left. In Romans chapter, 12, chapter 5, it says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. So all the descendants, all of us who have descended from Adam and Eve, have this same propensity to sin. Through one man, sin entered the world. So when he left that position, he threw it all away. It affected all of us. That was his lasting legacy, the first Adam. And of course, the second Adam was Jesus, who came and redeemed us and brought us back from that place. So from a place of close fellowship with God, he fell. And then it says he was cast out of the garden and then he had to toil in the soil from which he was made. So if you work hard today and you hate it, blame Adam. <laughs> okay, let's go to another group. So we had Lucifer who fell, Adam and Eve, and then we had the people of God. You know, no one is exempt, basically, from making bad decisions. And so it says that, you know, God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He showed them incredible miracles. He did all these signs and wonders for them. You'd think that they would be so grateful. But this is what happened. They came to the edge of the promised land. And he said, I want you to cross over. He sent in 12 spies. Two came back and said, it's okay, we can do it. The others said, there's giants there, we're all going to die. And the people were gripped with fear. And it says here, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, so they blamed the leaders. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, if only we died back there in the land of bondage, or if only we died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children, so now they're blaming, they're blaming them. It's your fault, Moses. And then it's God's fault too. Our wives and our children should become victims. Like, you know, we're all going to die and they'll become victims. Would it be better for us to return to Egypt? And so they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. In other words, God doesn't know what he's doing. God doesn't know what he's doing. And I don't like Moses either. He's let us out here and things have gone really badly. So we should, you know, we should get together and we should choose a leader. I, we know better than God. And some people think, that sounds very arrogant, but a lot of people think that. They think God doesn't know what he's doing because it doesn't seem to be going well right now. And so they will blame other people and they will blame God. And so, of course, what happened? They wandered around in the wilderness for uh, 40 years on what should have been an 11-day journey. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1, it says it was an 11-day journey from there to there. But it took them 40 years. And this is what God said about them. He said, all these men who have seen my glory and the sights which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness 
and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice. So God is basically saying, you know what? Enough is enough. Yeah, God is full of grace and mercy, but there's sometimes a point when he says enough is enough, and he can, because he's God. And they had tested and tested and tested him. They had not heeded his voice. And so he spoke to Moses and Aaron. He said this, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I've heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. So I think that's kind of humorous in a way. So as people think God doesn't hear complaints, he said, I can hear. I know exactly what they're saying about me. I know how they have dealt with my goodness. They have actually been very, very ungrateful. Very ungrateful. That's what he's dealing with here. Disobedience to his voice ungrateful hearts and just testing God and complaining. They were a bunch of whingers, okay? They were a big bunch of whingers. And what was the result? All these wonderful things that God had done for them, these high things that he'd shown them. A lot of people say, wow, I wish I'd seen that. I wish I'd been there for the opening of the Red Sea. I wish I'd seen those miracles. Well, they did. But they were still ungrateful and still said God doesn't know what he's doing. Still complained. And so what happened? All this generation, from those who were over 20 years old when they left Egypt, all of them died in the wilderness except Joshua and Caleb and that new generation. They were the ones who crossed over. So, you know, we better be careful when we complain, hey? Let's be careful, because the result was not good. Um, there's a few other people in here I thought of too. I thought about Samson. You know, how blessed was Samson? He was called as a Nazarite. He had wonderful parents, godly parents. He had every opportunity to do well. And he, he was a judge in Israel. You know, he had a, a great position, but he had weaknesses. And he didn't control them. He had a major problem with lust and with foreign women and ended up, you know, he basically betrayed the call of God on his life. And as he sowed that, he reaped betrayal. He was betrayed by his wife and uh, he ended up, what did he lose? From his gain, from that place, what did he lose? He lost his good name, he lost his strength. He lost his eyes, he lost his freedom, he lost his life. He committed suicide. It's basically what he did. He committed suicide. But in that, it says he killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. That's what he was called to do, defeat the enemies. And only in his death did he do it. Only in his death did he do it. There's somebody else I want to look at here too. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Mm -hmm. And uh, in chapter 4 of Daniel, it says, this is what he said. Is not this great Babylon that I built for a royal dwelling by my might, by my mighty power, and for the honour of my majesty? Wow, this guy is really like, whoa, look at me. 
Look what I've done. You know, he was very powerful. He was very successful. And he's like a lot of business people right now. They're quite powerful. They're quite successful. And they go, look what I did. Aren't I something? Aren't I really something? But it says this, while the word was still in his mouth, a voice from heaven, <laughs> a voice from heaven said, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. What happened? For seven years, he was basically out in the fields like a wild beast. He lost seven years of his life. This is one of the guys who actually came to his senses. A lot of them didn't, as you know. But he came to his senses after seven years. You know, let's not be prideful in our achievements. And let's not lose time being humbled and coming to, this, coming to our senses. Hopefully come to your senses. But let's not lose valuable time because of pride and the arrogance like he had. There was another one that I wanted to look at who started off in a really excellent position when he was um, basically ordained to be the next king of Israel. He prayed a prayer that was um, very wise. Solomon, very wise. He said, give me knowledge, give me wisdom. God said, I have, I have. But you know what, you can have it but not use it. It says in 1 Kings 11, King Solomon loved many foreign women from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. So even though he had wisdom, like God said, I've given you wisdom, I've given you knowledge, I've given you what you've asked for me. And are giving you riches and all these things above it. But he was an extravagant man and he had great weakness, obviously. And he disobeyed God. He intermarried. Why did God say that? Specifically because of the godlessness of the nations. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David. Wow. I mean, you can't even get your head around that. But see how far he fell. How far he fell. He basically had it all and kind of ended up with nothing. Because it says his heart was not loyal to the Lord. He turned his heart away from God. He had wisdom, he had knowledge, but he didn't have the discernment and basically didn't have the courage to obey God in these things. And so we need to just, when we pray and God says, I've done this for you, I've blessed you with that, make sure you use what God has given you and use wisely. So he lost the kingdom. He lost his relationship with the Lord, basically, and he lost his credibility. He was called the wisest. At one point, he probably was, but here, no. 
Okay, so the last verse that I want to go to is in Proverbs 22, verse 1. I love this passage. It says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favour rather than silver or gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. So it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, God is still your maker. God is still your creator. And the thing that we should desire is relationship with him and a good name, above riches and favour. I mean, these people, as we go through, a lot of these people were very powerful, very rich. You know, they had incredible position, they had incredible favour and advantage, but they didn't use it to the glory of God. And their name is not a good name, is not a good name. Think about Judas. Judas was chosen as one of the 12 of the inner circle of the Lord. One of those hand-picked by God. Hand-picked by God. And he spent time with Jesus. He was an outsider. He was from the south, not the north. Not near Galilee like the others were. He was from the south. He was close to Jesus. He saw all the amazing things. He heard all the incredible teachings. And yet, yet, he followed his own way. He despised his opportunity. He didn't get his way. Jesus didn't do it his way. And he was very miffed. And so he ended up what? It says in the book of Acts, it says he lost his place. And then he took his own life. Terrible way to end up. Terrible, terrible way. Committed suicide. So what are the lessons that we can learn from here? Be aware. It doesn't matter how high you go. In fact, the higher you go, the more powerful you become, the more successful you become, the further you can fall. The further you can fall. That gain can become incredible loss. You know, you read in the papers every day, you read in the newspapers every day about people who have fallen from grace people with positions of responsibility, people who have been very successful, suddenly they've been exposed and they lose everything. So being on top, being the richest, being the smartest, isn't always the best thing. You can lose everything. You can lose everything if your heart is not right, if your attitude is not right. If you've got those weaknesses and blind spots that God wants to deal with, we need to let him. This is my desire. That's our desire, to let God be God. Lord, we just come before you tonight. Lord, this is not a fun word, but it's a word that we need to hear. The more that we gain, because we do gain a lot. We gain things. But we don't want to lose everything because of that. Because we might have weaknesses. Because we might have blind spots. There may be pride. Yeah, look what I did. And not give the glory to God. There may be stubbornness. Or ungratefulness. There may be compromise and saying, hey, it'll be okay. It's not worth losing what you have given to us, Lord. Father, we just humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Your word says that you give grace to the humble. 
but you resist the proud. Lord, we humble ourselves before you and ask that you would help us. We make the decision, but you would help us. Lord, to, we've started well. Help us to continue well and to finish well with you, with you, that we won't lose what you've blessed us with, that we won't lose that relationship with you, that we won't lose those things which are precious and important. We just bless you and thank you for your goodness, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay. God bless you. Have an awesome time this week. Let the Lord be with you. Let him guide you. He's going to speak to you and lead you. And bless you online. We'll see you on Thursday. Amen. Say hi to somebody and have a great week.